0: But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory provoking one another, envying one another. Welcome, welcome, welcome to My podcast. podcast. I'm your host, Reverend Dave Randolph, for your podcast spokesperson today. sanctify life is to get you closer to Jesus if we can get you praying if we can get you devoting your time to Jesus we've done something great for the kingdom of God now 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 it's time for what you've been waiting for your transmission and your host Reverend Dave Randolph welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're able to join us today. I have an exciting continuation of our Fruit of the Spirit series. Today we're going to be talking about love and it's a message that all of us need and it's something we all think we know, but do we really know what love is? I know we're all searching for it. We all want it. We all are looking for it, but is it something that we really know much about? Now, if you really want to know about love, you have to go to the book of love. I'm not talking about the newspaper. I'm not talking about the Daily Mail. I'm talking about the Bible. What does the Bible say about love? Well, if you're a Christian and you have been a Christian for any length of time, your mind probably wandered to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I will not disappoint you today. We will continue that. But I want to take you in the New Matthew Bible, and that's the version we'll take and use today. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, in the New Matthew Bible, let's read. Though I speak with tongues of men and angels and yet had no love, I would be even as sounding brass or a ringing cymbal. And though I could prophesy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, yea, if I had all faith so that I could move mountains out of their places, and yet had no love, I would be nothing. And if I bestowed all my goods to feed the poor, and even I gave my body to be burned, and yet had no love, it profits me nothing. Now this is what love is, folks. Let's find out what love is in First Corinthians chapter 13. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love is not contrary, does not swell up, does not deal dishonorably, Seeks not her own, is not provoked to anger, thinks no evil. Does not take pleasure in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Suffers all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Though prophesying will fail, or tongues will cease, or knowledge will vanish away, yet love never falls away. Verse number nine. For our knowledge is imperfect, and our prophesying is imperfect. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is imperfect shall be put away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I imagined as a child. But as soon as I was a man, I put away childishness. Now we see in a glass, even in a dark speaking. But then we shall see face to face, Now I know imperfectly, but then shall I even know as I am known. Now faith, hope, and love, these three things abide, but the chief of these is love. Now we're talking about love today as the fruit of the spirit. And I didn't plan to take this lesson into a real deep course. It's just going to be a brush up. I'll give you a few things to think about. I want to dive into a few of these topics really good. As we launch into love, the first one of our topic here, love suffers long and is kind. Now, the kind part is what I really like to focus on in love today. Because I believe in the day that we are in, kindness has disappeared. Or it is under the surface. We have a lot of false kindness out there today we have come along in our knowledge in our human race to a new point, I believe we're at crossroads we know how to give love and kindness to the people we want to and people we come in contact briefly we show them just what we want them to see and then they're gone and in our mind we think I'll never see them again so I'll give them the best that I have now, we don't think that process out it just happens each one of us has that ability. And we use that ability because how is it that we have our families and we treat our families so differently than we treat strangers. Now, love suffers long. What does that mean? That means it suffers long. It suffers. That means sometimes you're going to go through situations with people. They have to be friends or family for a length of time in order for it to be long. In order for love to suffer long you have to have some kind of relationship with somebody that's a length of time that means somebody in your life has to be there and you have to have love and it's going to suffer now during that suffering in order to have love it says and is kind what is kindness what is what is that now we all know what it is without being taught unless you had your head head in the stand and you just don't care for those kind of things. But what is kindness? Is kindness where you can punch somebody when they're not looking or say something about somebody behind their back or wait for somebody to fall and then you gloat over their failure? What is kindness? Is kindness only smiling when they're looking at you and when they walk past you, your frown comes in or your Ability to lash out and talk or complain about that person We're talking about love folks. Let's be honest if we're gonna dive into these subjects. We have to we have to surgically Cut them open and dissect them We have to pull parts out and look at them and we have to reflect in there because the Bible tells us in the end part of this chapter 13 that We're in a glass verse number 12 now. We see in a glass even in a dark speaking But then we shall see face to face. Now I know imperfectly. But then I shall know even as I am known. It's telling me there that in all knowledge and all understanding and in all life experiences, I only see part of the glass. I only see part of the light. I only see part of it. And it's a darkness that overshadows it. But when we get to heaven and we stand face to face with the Creator of all things, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We will know everything as it is known, as we will be known then. But right now on earth, there's not a person in this earth, there's not no person under heaven that knows everything, or knows everything about a subject, or even understands everything about love, or understands everything about kindness. But we are on a pursuit to perfection. I know the old adage is, "I'm you can never be perfect on earth, only perfections in heaven. And then you relinquish all power over and you just give up. You don't even try. That is not a Christian. That is not what God has called us to do. We are on a pursuit for greatness. We are on a pursuit to change our position where we are today to be better off tomorrow. That is your goal. That is why God called you. You are not to stay the same and never grow, and 10, 20 years go by, and you fail in this part of the scripture. It says, When I was a child, I thought I as a child. In order for you to have that position, that means you've grown out of it. And growth is the principal thing because God never wanted you to stay the same. If He did, He would have made you a baby or a child and never let you grow up. Now, I'm around children a lot now. And I see how a lot of their mind thinks and I get to see some of the processes now, how they think one day and the next day they think another way or they, what they choose to carry into the next day, like what their process of thinking chose to carry into the next day or how they even think. And sometimes it's surprising to see how much they don't want to think about something they just totally forget about something and you don't even bring it into the next day. Like for example, you can buy something brand new. Let's look, let's use Christmas for example cuz Christmas we go all out and buy so much stuff for the kids. They want so much, they're asking for so much and you give them you want to give them the most that you have. And once you give them all that, it's surprising to see what they really play with and what really carries on through the weeks ahead. Most toys that were so important end up in a box never to be played with again or broken. And the things you would think are never going to be important to that child become the most important thing. The toy that was the cheapest, the toy the toy that was the goofiest, the toy that you put no stock in and the child didn't even want it becomes the important one. Now, I'll use my life as an example. When I was a child, my brothers and sisters, I have a brother and a sister, I was the oldest, and around Christmas time every year, we would look forward to our stockings. And in our stockings, we would get something. They were lifesavers. There'd be a a book that you would open up and they would have all the different flavors of lifesavers in there. And that became a traditional type thing, but that became something that we looked forward to. Out of all of our stuff, that was important to me. Something like that. And I know you all have that. And that's a part of our life. That's what we do. We grow up. The reason why I'm taking us down this road is because it's prove to you You are not to stay in one place. Now, you can have a disability. You can have all kinds of things against you in life that still doesn't give you a chance and a choice to stay where you are. You have to figure out a way to overcome that disability. You have to find a way to overcome that disadvantage. Whatever it takes, you have to. As a Christian, we have God to lean on. We lean on our Lord and Savior. I don't tell you to lean on people because people will fail you. And then what happens is you get disheartened, and you start to harden yourself against other people that had no choice in the matter. And now they've become the blunt of your punishment because you don't want to be going down that road again, but you can't do that to people, folks. If you've been hurting love before, you cannot hurt somebody with that same thing that happened to you. If you have been shown unkindness in life, you do not have the advantage or the permission to go and be unkind to somebody else. As a matter of fact, as a Christian and as a Christian leader, I tell you to go and show more kindness. I tell you to go show more love. Love does not envy. What is envy? We all know what envy is. We all want that expensive house the expensive clothes we want to keep up with the Joneses if they get something we want to match them to show that we have status too that we can do it that we have standing in our community we have knowledge we need that fancy car like them we got to show status or we got to answer questions before somebody else because we know it all I'll leave us with this. I won't stay too much longer in this, but we can stay here for a little bit. In church, the church building I'm talking about, not the church, because we are the church. Wherever we go, let me me tell you this. I know a, a young lady that goes to school and wanted to bring up Jesus or talk about Jesus or the things in the Bible. And the teacher... Had nicely in a nice way, because this is what they're taught to do in school, which is why I'm against public schools, because they don't teach the principles in the Bible. They're totally against it. They're contrary to it. So if you support that type of thinking, you might have to reevaluate your Christianity because you become an enemy to the cross. You are promoting the things of Rome. And when you're promoting Roman things, it's actually hindering the walk of a Christian. Imagine you being in school and you want to talk about Jesus. They're not going to let you. Or you want to open up your Bible. You're going to have to fight. It doesn't give them the right. You have the right. You have the freedom to do that. But they, took, they take it away from you and they use all kinds of new way, new age thinking to stop you. Now, that's not the way I'm going today. I just brought that in. But this is what I want to say. This young lady wanted to talk about the Lord. Another person wanted to talk about him. And the teacher had come along and says, nope, you don't teach about that here. If she wants to learn about church or God, she needs to go to the church to learn about it. Which is totally wrong. And it's something I'm totally against and I'm teaching against. Because you are the church and wherever you are, you have the ability to teach. You don't have to go to a building to learn about God. And if you think you have to send somebody to a building to learn about God, you don't know my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you think you have to go to a building to do your penance to God, to show the world that you're a Christian, you have a very superficial Christianity. You need some depth in your life. You need to have a walk with God, a personal prayer life, a personal walk, a personal talking to God, a personal ability to read and decipher the word with discernment. And you need to be a disciple of Jesus where you have the ability to answer all men and not hold back not be ashamed because if you're ashamed of him, the Bible says to us clearly that he will be ashamed of you on that day. We don't want that, do we? Now the building's nice because it lets somebody else do all the work. It lets a man do all the studying and bring it before you. It lets a man seek through and pray for God and give you the answer and you don't have to do nothing except receive it. It makes it real easy, but that's not what you're called to be. You're called to be a disciple and go and make disciples, if you believe that. But I don't come to promote a building. As a matter of fact, I come to promote the building that God made, not with hands, but by his spirit, because he created all of our fleshly bodies and that's the temple he desires to serve and live inside of. He wants your body to be the building And he wants us to be a building fitly joined together. And when we assemble together, that's when the hand of God really moves mightily. Now we're in a weird time, folks. Just because I don't address all situations doesn't mean I don't understand a lot of the situations we're facing. And just because I haven't said something doesn't mean I don't believe in it. There's a lot of things that are not worth talking about because some of the times... The people that you're talking to don't have an interest and it's not gonna matter. So you gotta go to principal, trivial type things to get people started again. This is why we're starting in the fruits of the spirit because over the board, I have noticed love suffering and kindness has dissipated. I have walked up to people that were supposed to be greeters and they were no greeters. They've done more damage in the doorway of the church than anything. When you're standing up to give a testimony of the Lord and Savior, the greatest God, the greatest King, the King of Kings, and within a few seconds of your testifying, everybody's starting to feel sorry and everybody feels so bad about it. That's not a testimony. That's not a testimony, folks. And we don't go to compare ourselves because when one is laying his head down on the altar and he couldn't look up and says, Jesus, please forgive me, I'm a sinner. I don't even deserve to be here. And the other one is beating his chest saying, man, God, I've done so much. I've given so much. I have such a big budget. I'm, I'm handing I'm doing so much work. That person over there ain't doing as much work as me. Look at that sinner over there. I'm even greater than that sinner. I'm glad I'm not like that sinner there. The Lord gives us clear direction and, and he tells us that only one of them leaves that place justified. And we know that it wasn't the righteous one. We know that it wasn't the one that had it all together. We know it wasn't the one that gave the most. It's the one that couldn't even look his face up to God. That's the one that left justified. The Bible's clear and lets us know these things. But men have twisted it for vain glory and for lucrative gain. That's what I come against of today. And so today, the very first fruit that we talk about is love. You need to have love today. And let me close with these thoughts in verse number four until we get to verse number eight. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love is not contrary. Does not swell up. Does not deal dishonorably. Seeks not her own. Is not provoked to anger. Thinks no evil. Does not take pleasure in iniquity. But rejoices in truth. Suffers all things. Believes all things hopes all things, endures all things. Though prophesying fails or tongues cease or knowledge vanishes away, yet love never falls away. I want to leave you with that thought today in this podcast. I appreciate all my listeners out there. I want to give a special shout out to Seattle, Washington. There's people in Seattle, Washington that are listening to us. And Seattle, Washington now is at 38% of my listenership. That's a huge thing because 38% of the other listeners that are contributed to my podcast are from Michigan, my home state, a place where my sponsors are. And so 38% of my listeners now are in Seattle, Washington, which is now on par and is almost overtaking my listenership in Michigan. So I give you a shout out and I let you know that we're praying for you. We're praying for whoever you are, whatever group you are. I want you to know that help is on his way. That prayer brings Jesus into the situation. And if you call on him, he will answer. The Lord loves you. I have many other people listening around the world. And I want to give a shout out to all those who listen, all those that take time to listen to sanctified.life podcast. This podcast is going to be a blessing to you. It's going to reach down into your home. It's going to reach into your soul. It's going to It's going to birth something into you and it's going to cause you to be what God intended you to be. You need to love the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And with that, God bless. Hey, have you ever heard of My Pillow? I'm sure you have. It's on all the commercials that you can see on TV. Well, I'm a user of My Pillow. I used to have migraines, real bad neck aches, but My Pillow helped me in such a way that I don't get migraines and I have to use My Pillow every time I go to bed. I even take it when I go on a trip. My wife and I have to have our pillows, the My Pillow with us wherever we go. You can get the MyPillow, too, by going to MyPillow.com. Mike Lindell is a Christian. He's a good man, and he produced a very good product. I am advertising My Pillow for free for him, and if I were you, I would buy a My Pillow. I'm doing it because I know it works. It's a great product, and it'll be a great blessing to you and to whoever you buy it from. God bless, and go to MyPillow.com and order MyPillow, or wherever you go, and you see a My Pillow, buy the My Pillow and watch. You will be blessed.